Welcome to another episode of the Self-Doubt Solution, the show that helps entrepreneurs overcome the self-doubt that holds them back from achieving the next level of success, income, and personal freedom. The Self-Doubt Solution is hosted by the freedom architect, Mario Lanzarotti. Listen as Mario and his inspiring guests share practical insights and tools that help you find the shortcuts for exponential growth and success in all areas of your life. Learn how to build the mindset you need to create a life of true abundance, freedom, and fulfillment. And now, here is your host, Mario Lanzarotti. Hello and welcome, my friends. This is your host, Mario Lanzarotti, the Freedom Architect. Welcome to the Self-Doubt Solution. Today, I have the honor and pleasure of interviewing a very interesting person, a very powerful woman. Her name is Lenny Cavazos. She is a planner and curator. She's calling in from Mexico, uh, a beautiful place in the world that I got to visit earlier this year. So if you haven't been there, highly recommend it. And Lenny does something that right now in the world we can see a lot of. And she is someone that really brings quality to that. She's the founder of The Retreat Planner, which is an agency that is focused on designing, developing, and executing these kind of retreats focused on the spiritual realm. So Lenny, I'm really excited to talk to you about that today, and I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much for having me here today. It's just such an honor to be able to be part of this how uh, this podcast, right? And to share some information and maybe some knowledge that people can actually bring into their lives if they're thinking or dreaming about retreat planning, right? Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so Lenny, can I ask about. you, you know, just for our audience, so they have an understanding, because this topic retreats is huge, right? There's so much to it. Like, if you could just summarize in a few words what it what can you do for someone that's listening to the show right now well what i can do is very very simple but it's super powerful i guide people through the process of retreat planning either if they want me to do it for them or they want to learn how to do it for themselves or for their company and this comes in a very very important time because right now there's so many people offering retreats out there we need to make sure that what we're offering is purposeful and we're doing it from with the right tools and equipment because we want to serve our retreaters the best possible way. So I take you through this beautiful pro- process of really inner communication, inner guidance, finding why you're doing a retreat or why you want to do it, and then building all the foundations based from that. And then everything else becomes tools and techniques that you can add into uh, your toolbox of how you do things. But your everything you're doing is coming from purpose. So it's very, mm. very important because people will feel this energetically and they will be drawn to go to your retreats because you're creating things that are transformational, not just another wellness uh, tourism offer. That's beautiful and, 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 and very much needed. So if you are someone that is interested in hosting a retreat, you're thinking about doing a retreat, I highly recommend listening to the full conversation because Lenny will share a gift for you at the end of this conversation, which will become very handy when you're planning your next retreat. So 
Lenny, I want to know a little bit about your history because I, I read your bio and uh, I understand that you have a background in uh, hospitality. You were once living in Dubai and now you're focusing on spirituality and especially, especially retreats connected to spirituality. But where did this road begin for you? Well, it's a... Uh... For me, it's a beautiful story that always gives me goosebumps, right? Uh, because of the place are where I am at today, that is really I'm fulfilling my my purpose on my business, and I'm really doing it the the way I want to be it to be done. You know, it's really on my terms, right? But before it wasn't like that. I started hospitality. I started working on events when I was 15 years old. I used to love it. And I was just like, oh, do I do this? Do I want to really spend all my weekends, Christmases, New Year's Eves uh, working? You know, because this is a hospitality business. It's something that you really need to go deep into it. And you forget about family. And I was really struggling at some point. I was like, one day I was just like, I'm doing it. And then I was like, okay, I don't want to do it in Mexico because, you know, I want to travel the world. I have a big passion for traveling. And a friend of mine came and she's like, hey, don't you want to come work in, du in Dubai? And I was like, Dubai? Middle East? You know, I was just so shocked about even like I was, I thought I knew things about Arabs and the Muslim world. But to be honest, I had absolutely no clue. <laughs> but I was just like, well, why not? And three months later, I was in Dubai for a one and a half year contract just to try it out, you know, to get the, uh, the this feeling of like going out there in the world and traveling. And I just loved my job and I just kept growing and I was doing marketing for restaurants and rebranding and I was doing crazy stuff. You know, I was making it snow in Dubai basically for New Year's. <laughs> so I went big, you know, it was like, I was like, go, you know, it's kind of this phrase where you either go big or go home. I was all in. And the one year and a half turned into six years. And I moved into the corporate office of Marriott for Middle East and Africa. And I was part of the team who launched Marriott Bonvoy, that is the loyalty program, right? And we merged three different loyalty programs. And I had to create these amazing activities for 11,000 associates that could work in like in 250 different hotels that they could learn about uh, why they were supposed to tell people to join the loyalty program, you know, as easy, as simple as this, you know, like getting them, uh, teaching them the, all the tools and everything that they really needed to go into this uh, path and for them to really fulfill part of their jobs that was getting people enrolled. <laughs> Mm. It was part of, you know, of the checklist at the end of the day, because once you get loyalty, uh, loyal members into your database or your community, uh, they actually spend 66% more. You don't even, most of the people don't think about it, but 66% more than a, a one timer. It's a big amount of money. It's really like, it makes a difference between uh, being very, very successful and just being successful. So we created this crazy event for our top members. You know, uh, my first event, I was in Egypt in a terrace in front of the Nile River. And I flew in a chef from uh, Italy, like a two Michelin star chef to cook for everyone. You know, I did a private concert for Craig David. It was the big leagues, you know. Um, and a VIP room in their Coca-Cola arena in Dubai. You know, like I did... Um, 
this um, dinner in front in the palace, the summer palace of the king of Saudi Arabia, right? So <laughs> I was just like rolling and it was just crazy. And I loved it. And I loved the thrill and I was working so hard. And um, I started to learn also work balance because I used to be a workaholic. And then one day uh, I was like, okay, maybe one more year of this. And then I figure out the next step, you know, I was just like, there is a time where everything kind of gets boring as fun as it is, right? And I was like, okay. And then the pandemic stroke. And I was in my skyscraper building on the 52nd floor, looking at the out of window. I was kind of like a Rapunzel, you know, locked in my tower. <laughs> I, that's the best way I can describe it. Mm. We had to ask permission to the police to go out to the supermarket. And we were only allowed to go every three days. Wow. Yes. So the pandemic was hard. There were no flights outbound unless we were on a repatriation flight. And I think for Mexico, there was maybe a couple flights, you know, but you didn't want to like leave everything behind without knowing when you would be able to come back, you know, uh, being in the hospitality business. Uh, all the hotels were basically closed or at five or six percent occupancy because only the people living inside of the Emirates were allowed to go there because no one could come in. It was a struggle. People were sleeping on the streets, things that you don't usually see in Dubai. Mm. So I was like, what do I do now? You know, and things kept changing in my job every day, new things cha changing here and there. And one day I woke up and I was like, I'm going to be OK. And I'm like, this is it. That's it. I'm I'm done. I went, I signed my like a couple of days later, I went, I signed my resignation. I closed up my apartment sold everything gifted everything else and moved back to Mexico and I was like that's it you know this is the end of the chapter I just I just knew that I had to be the one making my own choices and no one should be doing uh, the, the choices for me mm. like I it was time for me to be my own boss I think I was just scared about moving to that direction I tried it before when I was young and I was just like super eager I had a catering business and it was doing very well and then suddenly I was just like maybe this is not so good I'm working a lot of hours you know maybe I just get a steady job and I get my nine to five and my a paycheck at the end of the month right so mm -hmm. I was like no this is the time for me to really go and trust myself and go through the process so I came back and I was like well my spiritual life and my corporate life or my business my work life are disconnected they were completely disconnected. I went to Nepal to do um, sound healing training. I, I, I'm trained as a sound healer um, with some amazing teachers. I started my path with breath work that was absolutely transformational for me. But that was all after office hours. It was it was not connected. It was a, like a, I was a separate persona. You know, I was it was there were two ladies, the spiritual one and the one who was in the corporate office, um, going to the meetings and pre learning how to present uh, and be very very nice and you know how to manage uh, relationships with people from sixty four different countries and whatnot. And I was like, this is I need to bring them together. So as soon as I landed in Mexico, my first thought was like, okay, I need to build a business. I don't know what it is. I don't know how it looks like, but it just needs to be created, and it needs to connect my business and my spiritual life so they're all in conjunction and they can all work together. And that's how it all started. I was doing consulting and loyalty marketing, but only for people in the spiritual business. You know, just 
um, healers, shamans, uh, really working with life coaches, transformational coaches, anyone who was really looking to change someone else's life. Because I was like, I can change someone else's life. So mm -hmm. then I want to work with people who will also do the same. So we create this ripple effect, right? So we go wider and we help hum um, humanity in the best way that we can, you know, with our tools and uh, things that we have right now. And then we keep evol evolving, right? Let, so let me ask you this, Lenny. So, so you shared some interesting things that I want to dive in a little bit deeper. Now- please. When you talk about your spiritual life and then you talk about your business, how do those two connect with one another? Because what you what you share, I hear a lot, right? And that people make a separation between their spiritual life and they make a separation with their business life and then they have their personal life and then they have their family life, right? And I see it similar to you, I believe, and I'm curious what you have to say about that. Yes. So before it was very, very separate. Like I was completely compartmentalizing. <laughs> That's a hard one to say. <laughs> <laughs> I was completely dividing everything on sections, you know, the work life, the friends life, the family life. And then at some point I just came into this realization that everything is one. Like we are one with everything. Right. So at the end of the day, um, I am energy and you're energy and we're all vibration. And at the end of the day, we're all part of the same thing, of one thing, oneness, basically. No, that's like the whole concept. And for me to be able to feel it, not to understand it, to feel it. And to see that where every everything I do and every step I take in my life brings intentionality and brings purpose and brings creativity into it then I'm fulfilling a life that is joint, that it's all connected, one thing with another, because mm. it's all about the intentionality and the purpose. It's all about bringing all the creativity and our soul energy and, you know, the energy of creation into everything we do. And doing it purposely because you want to do it uh, in the best possible way for the best possible good that you can create for anyone else, right? right. So when I wake up and I choose to go on to on my phone and check my Instagram rather than maybe meditate for a couple of minutes, this is a choice I'm making and it's um, and maybe it's not so purposeful. So you have to go back and think, is this really serving me and serving everyone else? Because at the end of the day, it's all about the service that we're doing for other people. I hope that answers the question. Yes, and 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 and, and I want to answer. I'm I'm curious because a lot of people share what you share, and I share the same the same sort of view on it. And I, I and I'm curious, when did this come for you? This realization that we are all one. Can you elaborate on you know what you mean by that, and also how you personally got to experiencing that? Yes. So I think I need to uh, start just by telling a little bit uh, how I got into my spiritual path, because I was not spiritual at all. <laughs> my like my family, they were very spiritual all, and they were also Catholics and whatnot. Um, but I had a, actually quite a resistance to it. Mm. Uh, because of my childhood upbringing, I saw some weird stuff going on, you know, like 
you know, when they're in the, people are in the spiritual world and then people start saying, hey, I'm from another planet and you're a kid. <laughs> <laughs> that was my childhood. Okay. <laughs> that was my, so imagine I created so, some people welcome it as kids with open arms and they're like, yes, this is real. And some other kids are going to be like, are you from Cuckoo Town? You know, mm, my rational brain is telling me uh, this is not, it's not possible. So that was me. I was like, no way. So I was actually completely closed off to spirituality. And one day I saw a friend that I hadn't seen in like, I think seven years. And it was someone I really cared about. And at some point we just stopped being friends and we definitely did some things that we're not proud of doing to each other. Right. And I saw him and it was very, it was perfect. The conversation was smooth. It was like time didn't pass. I was at the end of the night. Goodbye. Have a good life. It was all perfect. My subconscious did not think the same. <laughs> it, it was not in agreement with my uh, rational mind and like my conscious mind in the morning. And I was really out of my body. Like my subconscious was really bringing me all this memories, good and bad, but it was kind of like the splash of memories and thoughts and ideas just that didn't stop. So for three days, I was really out of my body. I was not present. I was just like floating around in the world. Mm. And I was actually Can on holiday. Quick question on that one, because I understand what you mean by that. However, I can imagine some of the listeners on my podcast might be like, what the heck are you talking about out of my body? Are you like floating out of it and you're just lying there? Is that what you, right? can you elaborate in like layman's terms, what that actually looks like when you're going through that? Uh, yes. So uh, basically it's more of like a feeling rather than being in a certain state or actually it's more that you don't feel yourself. If you're um, with yourself, you don't, you kind of not don't recognize yourself anymore. It's like you were two separate people. So imagine if you were watching a cartoon of yourself. It mm. feels a little bit like that. Like you become the expectator of your life. Mm. I don't know. I hope this makes it a little bit more clear in the way of yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> it. It. it from what you're saying what i hear is you're feeling off the way that you're normally living life everything seems to be a little bit off it's like a little bit weird you don't recognize yourself as much things are not working the way that they normally work you know you get up in the morning normally you feel great you feel clear and all of a sudden it's like whoa what's going on and you have no idea where this is coming from that that's what i'm hearing Yes, it's it becomes kind of cloudy, like you you yeah. had a cloud in your brain, and yeah. you're not so sure what's happening or why it's happening. You just don't feel you, right. uh, and you're like, and there's and you can feel that there is something that is not normal, that is not your common um, everyday kind of situation, and you feel a little bit more like I would say even kind of like on a DC way, you know, you're like just like. What's going on? You know, like, yeah, it's like, yeah, you become more of an expectator because things are just happening. And um, for me, I had a lot of thoughts, like really, like my mind wouldn't stop. So um, imagine 
you're sitting there and for like whenever it's a, your busiest time of when you're having ideas and then your brain is just like throwing you ideas at you and imagine that for three days in a row not stopping during the night mm. so 72 hours of that is a lot and I was anti-spirituality, okay? I was just like, this is not for me. And I was so lost. I did everything that I thought I could do, you know? I was like, okay, what do you do now? And I was just like, I sat down, I slept, I drank water, I ate, you know? I, I did all the things that a normal, let's say, person would do, and it was not working. So I was on holidays in Mexico, and I was in Tepoztlan. It's this beautiful town that has a lot of spiritual people in it. And I saw this dark alley and it sounds like a, a, a scary movie, but really it was like that. It was just a dark alley and I was just called in. I was just like going to that uh, dark alley and I went and it was the middle of the day. Okay. So the dark alley was not supposed to be so dark, but it, it was. And then I saw rebirthing therapy and I was just like, oof. I think I need to do that. I had no idea what it was. I had no idea how it worked. I don't. I didn't know if it would work for me or not. I just knew I had to do it. So I went in and I was like, when is your next appointment? And they're like, in one hour. And I'm like, okay, I'm waiting. <laughs> woman of action. Yeah, I am a woman of action. I'm like, if I want something, I want. And at that point, I was in a moment where I was really... I was struggling to be with myself. Like people were talking to me and I was not paying attention. And I'm usually a very good listener. So I was just like, and people were asking me like, what's going on with you? You know, like even people were noticing that by then. So I was like, I need to do something. Yeah. So I went into this beautiful rebirthing ceremony that was all about breath work. And that's how exactly I, I started. Like I, I started to understand because I realized that through my own breath and really, um, basically pacing my vibrations either faster or slower I could find the answers to anything that I needed and I could actually kind of level myself back into balance and I was like this is the real deal and it doesn't have to do anything with a shaman it doesn't have to do with anything telling me they're an alien it doesn't have to do anything with anyone outside it's all about me yeah it's all inside of me Breathwork is it. a very powerful tool. I can relate to what you're say, uh, saying. I've done many breathwork uh, experiences collectively, individually. My fiance, she's a breathwork facilitator. So I get to experience that you know, every day, or see what she does with her <laughs> clients. And I can, I can attest to what you're saying. I think breathwork should be like the, the regular practice of anyone who is a high performer simply because of the nature of how easily it is to regulate your own nervous system and to, like you say, you know, access higher or lower frequencies. And the way that I would translate that, for instance, in the evenings, if you're struggling to sleep, breath work can help calm down your system and can help you find more peace. And that then translates to you having better sleep or, you know, vice versa. If you're struggling to find the energy you know, to get up and do something, for instance, a breath of fire is a great way to energize yourself and to also get out of your head, you know, or silence the conversation that always takes place that says, what if this, what if that not? And, you know, I can't, and but all of that constant noise, the more breath work you do, the more quiet it becomes. So I'm curious, right? You, you, 
you went to you were you were there you went into this dark alley then you went into this breathwork ceremony then you had these breakthroughs right that was sort of the the kick off into this spiritual world for you yes mm. that was it i didn't need anything else it was just so clear to me and i was just like through breath and vibrations that's my path yeah. and like everything in my path i've tried a lot of things because i'm like well maybe it's not just breath work and sound healing and maybe there's other things and every single time my intuition sends me back so this is what you're doing and it's right and just keep doing it i even did an ayahuasca ceremony and when the teacher came and he was like do you want to do a second take and my whole body like this is not your medicine don't mm -hmm. That was it. That was a clear message. I get clear messages with breath work that are, are like people would get scared when I, I tell you I was dating someone and one day I woke up at three in the morning and they were like, ask him if he has a kid. I did. He did have a kid. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So I became the cuckoo who was telling people yeah. they were an alien, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting, right? How life turns things around how once the things that you ridiculed or laughed at and you're like, oh, this is bullshit. Now you're living in this world. And same thing for me. I used to detest spirituality because of my experience with, with the Catholic church mm -hmm. and how everything about the Catholic church is about guilt, is about making you feel guilty and then having to atone your way through life uh, to then finding your salvation, which to me never resonated. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. If there's this almighty, powerful, all loving God, then all, everything that you're saying is just complete bu bullshit. And that's why I rejected it. And then later, just like you, my path, you know, came through plant medicine. I've done ayahuasca nine times, uh, peyote mushrooms with different shamans all over the world and it just transformed my life radically and at the same time i appreciate someone like you sharing this perspective saying you know what is not for me because clearly it is not for everyone so lenny can you talk a little bit more about the integration of spirituality and business because why why should someone care like, why is this such an important thing to, you know, to, isn't it not just enough to maybe once or twice, you know, pray to God and say, please forgive me for this. Please give me that. And then do your thing in business. Why should people care? Uh, it's a very, very good question. I'm getting goosebumps just about, <laughs> just right now. <laughs> it's just like, um, I get this sometimes. I, I take theta healing sessions as well that are amazing. I don't know if you try them, but I highly recommend them for people who need to find um, rooted causes that are really, really hidden in their body. And sometimes when these really rooted causes come through, uh, yes, <laughs> it's, it's again, the energy of creation. That's it, right? We're connecting with the energy of creation. And my whole body cells, sometimes they recognize the, these limiting belief. Yeah. And they, I, I tell my uh, practitioner, I said like, my body becomes like an Alka-Seltzer. <laughs> like all the cells, they recognize the memory, you know? I'm reading this book, Karma from Sadhguru. He's also, he was just talking about the memory on the body, how 
much bigger it is than the memory in our minds. And this this is actually one very good, I did not think of it, but now it just came through. Um, it's a very good link for us to understand why our business needs to be connected. We are all memories and we're all vibration. So if you say, I'm going to pray two, three times a year, you know, I'm going to go to church for Christmas. That's a perfect <laughs> one, right? Right. That's, a, that's the one that people go for. And I'm, I'm Catholic and I believe in God. I just don't believe in the institution anymore, but that's very, very personal. And it has to be because it's all about, it's a fear-based religion, right? So they create fear. So you behave and you become a sheep. Right. So I rather just, they taught me in Catholic school, whenever there's three people, God is present. And if we think about like um, the Holy Spirit and Jesus and you and God, there's more than three. So God is always with you. So they don't teach you that you're with God all the time because they want you to go to church every Sunday, right? The same thing happens when we need to bring everything together. People don't teach you that you can have a life that is all purposeful, connected, and that every single moment that you're doing things, you're doing them from your spirit, from your heart, from this connection, from this intention, and then everything gets in alignment. So uh, everything gets, I'm going to say it, and into this same level, you know? So let's say your family life is here, but your work life uh, is is down here because maybe your boss is not nice or you don't know how to set boundaries to your boss. So you're very unhappy in your job. And then you have a good family and then you have your friends over here, you know, like you have a healthy relationship, but this one is lower. You you can bring them all together. But if you have more than are, are lower, they're all going to bring you down. So you want to make sure that everything is kind of balancing up, right? So if you're finding, if it's if you're struggling with business, then you need to find what you're doing right in your other uh, categories of your life. So you bring them into this one because it's all about emotions. It's all about energy. That energy is really emotions. It's really energy in movement, right? At the end of the day. So it's all about us moving and it's all about us making a choice. We need to choose how we live our lives. We need to forget about these uh, concepts of like, oh, my past lives, then I need to relive this. We're here right now and we are, we get to choose what we do with our lives. And it can be in either direction, right? But because it's a personal decision, I cannot come and tell anyone, this is what you're supposed to do. But I can help people realize why they're doing it and really connect the dots. So once they keep doing it, they keep bringing the purpose. They keep bringing the intention and they keep bringing this, I am one. My business, it's like a sub-brand. It's like an, an extra arm of me, you know? Because at the end of the day, whatever you're putting your energy into, it's yours. Right. So if you're creating a brand for your name, you know? Your brand is Mario Lanzarote. It's part of you. So your business, your work, it's part of you because you're putting energy, you're investing energy into it. It's kind of like a bank. <laughs> it works like a bank. You invest so much energy into different things. So there is people who invest more time in the family. So then the bank, the pocket for the family is very, very full and it's overflowing. And then they're investing very, very little on maybe the work. So it's lacking. So you never feel that you have an, a full cup. 
So it's all about our choice on where we invest our energy. And there's nothing wrong about investing more time with your family or not. But if because you're investing more time with your family, then you're not being able to provide food, house, meals, and you're a great parent, you know, you're the happy dad or the happy mom who's always playing with the kids, but there's no food on the table, then you're actually not serving your family properly. Right. Because they need to be able to have a fulfilled life where they will be able to actually do whatever they want as a career. They will be able to do be whoever they want in their own level of abundance, you know, because we all have different concepts of abundance and success. And that's perfectly fine. Not everyone is supposed to be Bill Gates and not everyone is supposed to be starving in Africa. Right. Right. So I don't know. I hope it makes a little bit of sense. But <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of analogies here and there, but it's all about fulfilling, like filling up your bank in all the places and making an understanding that one feeds the other. And at the end of the day, we think they're different pockets, but it's one pocket. It's us. Right. right. Yeah. And, and I think that's a really good point. And I think that's why I for personally don't believe in this concept of balance, the way that it's being portrayed in, in, in society. I believe in integration because for someone like me, quite frankly, I work most of the time and I thrive in that because I love it. I'd much rather do this and you're not, not only in front of a computer, but also actually with real people in, you know, in other countries than sitting on the beach. You know, I like sitting on the beach. I love being in nature. And I get bored very quickly because I love doing this work. So I believe in integration. And, you know, to your point, to me, spirituality and business, I come from a very, as I said, very skeptical ground, very much like this, explain it to me, prove it to me, you know, God, it doesn't make sense, all of that. And I put it to the test. Because I wanted to see if it actually really works and if it actually really makes my life better to accept and to choose. Yes, I believe in a higher power. I call it God, but not in the religious context. And what I've experienced is that when you align with God, whatever that means to you, you become unstoppable. Because the perspective of God, the mindset of God is it's always perfect. Everything is always perfect. So you don't have problems, you don't have challenges, you don't have things that are wrong. Now, some people might look at that as to say, oh, yeah, but then you're just sort of melting away and you, you just do nothing and sit on the couch and just chill and watch Netflix. If that's your thing, go for it, right? But what I've seen is if you're someone that's driven, determined and energized about creating value in the world and helping other people, that mindset, mindset will make you unstoppable because you're encountering something and you're going to go through it as if this was exactly the right thing that was happening at the right time. So you no longer fight against that. And all of our energy that gets lost in overthinking, procrastination, um, perfectionism, all of that is because we're losing energy that is that is caught up in the internal fights that we have with ourselves how do you how do you yes. feel about that i completely agree i uh, i believe that we're creative energy you know because we're uh we're a creation we were created by god and you know however you want to call it but we were created by the big bang 
it doesn't really matter. Uh, and we are, we are creative energy. So we're here to create whatever we want, whatever we desire, as long as we're not hurting anyone else, right? Mm. So this is very, very important because some people are like, oh yes, so I can do whatever. So I can go and, you know, steal from my neighbor and it's mm. okay because I have uh, the permission. It's all about being also knowing that if you're hurting the other person, you're actually hurting yourself because we're all one. But very, very important to understand that uh, we don't have to be doing all the same things. And we just need to find what we want to do, right? And just do it and go for it and understand that um, not everyone is supposed to be a coach. Not everyone is supposed to be guiding retreats. Not everyone is supposed to be sitting on their TV watching uh, cartoons because there would be no food, you know? It's all about the per your personal life. I even believe at some point I'm like, I, I sometimes I feel like we're living in this video game, you know, <laughs> like, um, and you're up leveling, going to the next level, and new tests come, oh. and you're like, what I do now, and then you go to, you're like, oh, phew, I passed this one, you know, now I don't have <laughs> uh, daddy issues, good, and then they're like, okay, now work with your grandma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, well. Also the energy, because it's always moving, it doesn't let us be bored, right? Yeah. But it's our yeah. choice. Like at the end of the day, I have friends who really believe that not everyone is meant to be happy at their jobs. And mm -hmm. I'm like, well, that's your choice. Right. You choose to believe that. Right. And you choose to be one of them. Right. I don't. Yeah. And it's okay. I respect you. You respect me. We're good. Right. Right. And I think that's that's such a crucial point that you make. You know, everybody's making different choices and none of those choices, I believe, are wrong. I think all of those choices are really neutral and everyone, you know, I, I would say you can make any choice that you want in life and any choice will have a responsibility because, you know, when you're choosing to do something that hurts another person, I would even say you are not consciously choosing. You are unconsciously choosing. Because if you were conscious, you would never do anything that hurts another person. Because to your point, you know it would hurt yourself. You know, you carry that guilt. You carry that shame. You carry that anger. You carry that unforgiveness. And you're doing that as a means to punish yourself. And no one in their sane right mind would actually do that right but that's another conversation uh for another time uh looking at the insanity of the world i want to ask you lenny what is your experience with self-doubt been with self what sorry self-doubt self-doubt yes oh. it comes and goes it's beautiful um i wait I, did I you just say it's beautiful Love it. I love it. You're the first one to say that. What a good point. It's beautiful. Please carry on. I've gone through it so many times. I think I lost count. <laughs> and, you know, every time I'm up leveling to my next thing, it comes back again. And it's like, hey, do you remember me? <laughs> you know, I'm here. <laughs> you know, it really is like... um it keeps coming up because then it, it, it's all about this kind of sometimes needs for validation. You know, it comes up for me, at least it comes uh, many, many times from that need of validation that I've been working on. And now I feel I don't need that much and then I'm good. But, you know, once you're and 
since I lived it, I teach it so many times. I'm like, okay, so if you're teaching to a group of five people and you get very confident about teaching five people, then you're good. You you cross your uh, the bridge of self-doubt and you're like, yes, I can do this. You know, I'm good. I know my things, you know, like, uh, but then someone, sometime in that five class, you have someone new who comes and asks this very, very difficult question that you're not prepared to. And then the self-doubt comes again. And then you learn how to manage to get all these questions on the moment, on the spot and be able to answer them. So you pass the next te test, right? And then you're like, okay, now I did five. I'm going to do 15. And then the self-doubt comes back again and be like, hey, you want to learn something new? You know, you're scared. You're afraid of teaching to 15 people and what they're going to think of you or if what you're providing really has value. And then you go through the, I go through the reins again and I meditate and I think through it and I ask myself questions. I do a lot of like NLP kind of like asking myself, like, where is this coming from? Where, what's the root? And if I cannot find it, I call my Teta Healer and like, hey, let's book a session because she's amazing, right? <laughs> so she's like my go-to person for uh, some, for many times for, for self-doubt because she helps me track where is it coming from. Mm. Uh, and then you go to the next one, 30 people, 40 people. You know, the first time I presented it in front of 400 people, I wanted to pee my pants. And I was wearing a dress, so it would have not been nice. <laughs> you know, I was just like, oh, my gosh. And I had like a short speech, nothing major. And then I was ready. I was good. Yeah. And then someone comes and hands me a mic that I'm not supposed to have one of the other speakers. And it just took me completely out of balance or you know whatever we want to call it but it it took me out of like I was ready I was just like set I was walking I was like okay this is what I'm doing this is my speech I'm I practice and then someone hands me something and the, my whole being just kind of crumbled and I got there and I was like okay I was on the stage I'm like okay I'm gonna take three seconds to just bring myself <laughs> back together <laughs> You know, and then after that, I was just like, oh, my gosh, what are people going to say? Mm. That was the thing. What is my boss going to tell me? You know, I planned this whole conference for 400 people and then I got kind of frozen on the stage. <laughs> She's going to give me a bad uh, yearly review. <laughs> and then I spoke to her and she's like, look, I was feeling the same. We're good. <laughs> You know, we just keep doing it until we get good at it. And I'm like, okay. And that's what I do. You know, whenever I find self-doubt, I'm just like, I just go back and I realize that I need to, I trust what I do, that I know what I'm teaching. I'm not just someone who just decided that it's going to um, give energy activations because um, someone came and told me I can do it, you know, or I took a one day Reiki course and I'm doing healing for dogs. Um I'm someone who has like a lot of experience and a lot of background and I have built this. I'm, I I just remind myself, this is what you have been working for all this time. Mm. You know, like you have been planting the seeds of everything without you even knowing it. Now it's just time to trust and you will keep planting more seeds and more fear will come, but you know how to deal with it. Right. You just need to remember. It's all about remembering mm. that we're already great as we are yeah. in the right spot where we are and where it's exactly where we're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. 
Beautiful. And and so if someone, you know, one of our listeners finds her or himself in a situation with self-doubt and, you know, they're maybe they're exactly like you, you know, they're all about like, okay, I know I can speak to 10 people, but now I have this opportunity where I can, where I get to speak to 100 people and they're full of self-doubt and they're thinking of saying no or you know they're they they they're afraid of of not delivering a powerful a powerful experience what would you say are like like one or two very easy and applicable tools for them okay number one is very like it's go back to the heart that's the answer to everything mm. go back to the heart because you already know and you do it the best way that works for you so for me i have my gong that is like my baby and i play my gong you know, whenever I'm like, and it's so deep and powerful for me that I go into trance, you know, like once I was releasing DMT, I'm telling you, I was high for like eight hours after I played my gong. Wow. Um, yeah. But for me, this is what really like helps me. It's a tool because it's not, it's not the path. It's not a teacher. It's not the end. It's not, it's not anyone else. It's just, it's a tool. And teachers should also be used as tools right? Because this is why we get so many people going crazy and having um, stalkers outside. When I planned the retreat for Joe Dispenza, I had a stalker outside three days under the rain. Really? So, yes. Wow. So this happens a lot. And I had, at, it was a private event. No one knew that it was happening. She still found out. And she was staying in the hotel I was staying and she was asking me, oh, and I was like, I have no idea. But she was stay, standing there out there for three days because she said, he saved my life. He's my master. I need him. I need his energy to heal again. So very, very important. Big message from here. From here. No sponsors. <laughs> um, I think people and teachings should be a tool to take you to the next step. Yeah. But it's just a tool. It's not a crunch. It's not right one and everyone has their own path right so yeah. mine is sound someone else's can be plant medicine you know i have so many people who do plant medicine and they have absolutely shift other people are jo dr joe dispensa right this is their way to go going into the uh, 5d quantum field um it's actually all kundalini and breath work by the way that's a trick <laughs> it's just that now it's just but for me, it was perfect because my rational mind still needed a bridge to connect the rational and the uh, subconscious and the irrational and the, all these manifesting things happening to me, you know? So for me, it was perfect at that time. So find whatever it is and then go back to the heart. The heart always knows that you're already worth it. Mm. So that's number one. And number two, hire someone to help you. You're not supposed to do this alone. Yep. You're not. You're not here alone. Yep. There's billions of people in this world. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I have two more questions for you that I always love asking my, my guests. One is if you had a secret cheat code and you could 10x any area of your life, the results that you're getting in that life, in that area of your life, which one would it be and why? Oh. Honestly, I think the sales part, like <laughs> I'm like, I, I used to be very, very good at selling and I could cl like close any clients, but 
I was doing it for other people. So now moving into like doing it for yourself becomes a little bit of a struggle. If I I have to be super like vulnerable, vulnerable here, um, like it feels a little bit like there's also so many people super extremely salesy um, that I don't like them doing that to me. So I don't want to do that to other people, right? So usually the people that work with me is because they get to know me and they see what I the offer that I value and they're like, yes, I want to work with you. But if I have to convince someone, you know, like I struggle because I'm like, you should be making this decision for yourself because this is something that you want. Me, I can teach you or uh, it can be called Carl, it can be Paul, it can be Natasha. It doesn't matter that much, right? I want the right people uh, working with me, you know, because I'm very mindful of my energy and how I share with people. And I had to tell people before in the past, I'm sorry, you're not the right person for me. You're coming from a space where you just want to make money. And I don't teach you how to make money. The money comes as a result because you're doing things right and because you're doing them from your heart. Uh, So I'm not afraid of telling people, no, (laughs) you're not the one, (laughs) you know, but it's, I think that's, that's the main part, you know, these um, not becoming very salesy. I, I was pitched for someone for a sales uh, course and I was like, okay, well, I'm thinking about it. And I asked her very clearly, are you going to be teaching me these techniques where people are pushy and they're telling you that there's only five spots left that, you know, scarcity (laughs) mindset, um these kind of uh techniques you know pain points you're so bad right now that you need me um because I'm more of a positive person in the way of like I tell you who you could become because you're already whole you can just upgrade and up level that's my message at the end of the day it's like you're perfect as you are but if you want to expand and you want to be more then you might need some help right and I'm here to support you for the, through the process but also I don't tell you what you're supposed to do I help you find it because then it's like the uh, thing about like teaching a man to fish or giving him them a fish you know? right. <laughs> kind of analogy yeah yeah and at the end of the call she was doing exactly that to me she's like I only have five spots left so if you don't book now maybe the, the group will be closed by then I was like I'm not hiring you I asked you you said no and the first thing you did five minutes later was exactly those tactics mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy so I was like okay I'm gonna find another way you know and I'm like oh, I'm gonna do it by myself I keep learning and I'm just like um researching a lot and just making sure that uh people get the right information from me yeah so they can make the decisions themselves yeah. so I, I'm just making sure I can provide the right information yeah. you know yeah. Th- thank you for sharing that really appreciate you being vulnerable um because A, that's something that my, I myself have struggled with for a long time. Same exact story to the T. I hired business coaches. I invested, you know, a lot of money. And uh, then I was introduced to the DMs, the cold reach outs, the what to say in the sales calls, the pushy. And I was like, oh, this is just, ugh. And I hate it. That's why I actually started a community called the Abundance Accelerator, where one of the calls we did was abundant sales, how to create uh, clients through abundant sales techniques. So that's why I resonate. And I see a lot of people out there who actually struggle with this on a daily basis. So Lenny, I have one more question for you. And that is, 
If you could spend an hour of your time with any person in the world, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Well, so the question might sound a little bit weird, but I would love to actually have a meeting with a lunch meeting with like Adolf Hitler. So <laughs> yes, I know it sounds super, super weird, but when I was in high school, I was reading his text and I could never understand how could he uh, twist his mind in a way that thought that that would be would be right for people, you know, that was normal, you know, make it something so common. And how could he actually be such a great speaker, spoke person, right? That could actually come uh, convince a whole country that, and even more later on, that what he was doing was righteous. Yeah, I can. I have never just been able to grasp the whole understanding around this. You know, uh, it's so crazy, and it was such a horrible story. But I would actually like to understand what happened there. Yeah. Yeah. So we can great answer from happening again. Great answer. And, 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 you know, like, I think the, the, the minds of people who are possessed so deeply by evil, there's, there's no end to what, what can be created. And, you know, I would, if you ever get to have that lunch, you know, maybe in a different dimension, I would be curious to hear what he says, why he acted the way that he acted. Um, but either way, Thank you, Lenny, for being on the show. Now, I did mention that in the beginning of the show, you have a free gift for people who are interested in, you know, exploring, setting up a retreat or improving the one that they're already doing. So what is it that you have for our listeners? Perfect. Yes. So I have this uh, free gift. It's a PDF, super easy to use, where you can go through the process of understanding why would you want to price your retreat in a certain way and how to make sure that that feels aligned. And if it doesn't, what do you need to do to change it? Because this is one of the biggest struggles what I see when people are launching a retreat. They're like, everyone is selling it at $5,000 per retreat. I want to do the same, but they don't feel they're ready. They're, they're not there yet to right. charge $5,000. So they don't sell. It doesn't sell. They're struggling. Self-doubt comes through. So I have a few very short steps for you to find out how can you price your retreat from a place where you make a profit, right? But you feel that this is the right price for you right now. It doesn't mean it's going to stay like that forever, but it just needs to feel an alignment with what you're doing and what you're sharing. And then from there, you can start working on self-word and you can work and then go through the whole process, probably with you, right? Um, <laughs> through the whole process of how to then increase your prices. But if you want to start doing retreats, it's okay. You don't need to be uh, world known. You just have to have a community of people and you just need to have certain tools and steps for you to be able to do it in a way that it also nurtures your soul and you feel that you can actually do it and it gives you this space for validation right and you go to through the whole process and it's just beautiful you get to go to different places and just learn uh the ways but this is a very tactical one where you make sure yeah. that things are done right that they're gonna work right and that um you're doing it from your heart yeah how can people get their hands on it uh so i will share a link uh for it it's gonna it's called uh pricing.lenicavastos.com so it's gonna be super simple okay, so great. people can just find it but i will give you the uh the, the link for beautiful. It. You, 
give it to them. Then. Yeah, I'll I'll add everything into the show notes. I'll add, you know, your profile to your Instagram, to your website, to your LinkedIn. So I highly recommend if you are someone that is in the retreat space, you're thinking of moving into the retreat space, or you just want to have a connection with a wonderful human being, such as Lenny over here, um, who has such a profound well of experiences and knowledge in so many different aspects of life, I highly recommend to connect with her. Lenny, thank you so much for being a wonderful guest here on The Self-Doubt Solution. And thank you for listening to the show. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Self-Doubt Solution. This is Mario Ancelotti, the Freedom Architect. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Bye. Mm -hmm.